0: Welcome back everybody to another episode of Staging a Podcast. This is John, your host. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Miss Ivy Ford. Ivy is a great songwriter, guitar player, and singer. She is in the Chicago blues world. She was a top eight finalist in the 2019 International Blues Challenge. Uh, She's played at the Chicago Blues Fest. She headlined buddy guys and she is the leader of a three-piece i've seen them they rock her uh, rhythm section really keeps it nice and tight and all together so i'm gonna read a little something from her website ivy ford is entertaining and leaves her mark wherever she goes musicianship and finesse she commands a magical energy like no other she plays several instruments but did not pick up the guitar until turning 20 and took to it like a fish to water. Kickstarting her career, opening for Buddy Guy, she continues to raise the bar for the blues industry. With new opportunities on the rise, Ivy Ford doesn't mind if a patron may not be privy to her at first because she guarantees they'll never forget her. She's a red lipstick-wearing, guitar-slinging, young blood of the blues, and more.
1: Hi! Oh, there you are. Hi! <laughs> scared me for a second. I've had some connectivity issues on this on this stupid app. So oh, that's okay. Um, I've got I've got a really good uh Wi-Fi signal today, so hopefully that doesn't end up being a big problem for us. So okay, uh, cool. I've been, I've been seeing your schedule. You seem to be uh, pretty busy recently.
2: Oh yeah, I joke. You know, it's funny because me and my musician friends we um we joke because like they say the same same thing, and I said yeah, I said not I said not that it was intentional. But, and I'm not complaining, I said, but I feel like I'm, I'm making up for, and then some, you know, the, the last couple, last two years with the whole, uh, you know, pandemic and stuff. So I'm grateful, but yeah, it's, it's a lot for sure.
1: Yeah. It seems like every day, uh, day, every day you've got a gig, whether Chicago land up in, uh, up in Wisconsin. I think, did you go yeah. over
2: to Iowa recently too? I did. I was in Iowa, um. A couple weeks ago on a Thursday, it was um, it was neat because I got to kind of do a little bit of a collab with a band from the area called A.V. AV Grouse, band, Grouse Band, and it was actually a fundraiser concert series for the Mississippi Valley Blues Society for their Blues in the Schools program.
1: Oh, that's really cool. we got to give back to the kids.
2: Oh, was, yeah, absolutely. I, when they asked me to do it, I said, yeah, totally. I, you know, I'm down. so yeah, i was I was in Iowa just for about a little over twenty four hours, and then I came back to um I was back in Chicago, I think, like the day after. so yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, speaking about giving back to the kids, I mean, you started uh, with your musical journey pretty young, right? Oh yeah,
2: I mean it it sounds cliche, but i um I've always been into music, and i I, I joke because I'm like I probably could sing before I was even talking, you know. Um, and I, so I, I got into music from a real really young age, probably five, six years old. But it wasn't until probably I was, you know, I was like 11 or 12, um, and I heard uh, heard like a live band at a bar restaurant or whatever that my mom used to work at actually. And so she had told me one day she was like, Hey, it was a Sunday, and she goes, um, You should really hear this hear this band. I think you'd really like them. And, uh, and so why don't you come to work with me? And um, yeah, I think I think I was 12. I think so. And they let me okay. sit in and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Now, what were you playing back then? Oh, I was just saying. Singing? <laughs> oh, I, okay. I mean, I did when I was, let's see, when I was nine, I took a few uh, piano lessons for maybe about a year. If that I was a nice, nice church lady. My mom had met um, at the at the park. She'd taken me and my brother uh, to the park and she met this gal. And uh, so she she just did it because the lady she you know had learned piano I think later in life and and enjoyed it and her too she was like I don't want a lot of money I just you know I, I think it's great and and I kind of like the whole teaching thing and um so I did take piano like I said at like nine some lessons then um but I mean I didn't I didn't really start playing an instrument with a band until I was probably about, uh, almost twenty or so. Okay
1: now mm-hmm. um I know when I saw you in Valparaiso last year with the, uh, the women of the blues show, yeah, um, your, your dad was able to get up and jam out a couple songs with you. His, was he playing when you were younger too, or did that come on later in his life too?
2: No. So he, um, he actually used to be a professional bass player and singer with a band in, uh, I believe like the late eighties or whatnot, a, a top Florida band. And, and out of the, uh, Lake, Lake County, Illinois, so Chicagoland area and yeah. um, they actually, they were real successful they uh, went to Vegas and everything but I didn't and that was it now I think what's funny because my, my mom met him around that time but all that was going on before I even was born and then I actually wasn't, I didn't grow up with my dad at all and it hasn't been until probably I'm trying to think, probably until I had my daughter who will be five um, that we kind of reconnected and and, and stuff like that. So, the, I tell people, I'm like, well, I said, yeah, my dad was a musician. I said, but I, I didn't grow up around it, you know, in, in that way. Um, But the, so I say that, you know, the genetics are real strong. The genes are strong, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, so okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty interesting because, you know, uh, most of the people that I have talked to that uh, had the music in the house and, you know, started music early. It was, yeah, my, you know, my dad had, his rock band and they right. were always playing in the basement or the garage. So it's kind of nice to see that. Yeah. Like you said, the jeans and you were able to just move on to uh, doing your thing just because you kind of clicked with it.
2: Exactly. Uh, I mean, my mom, my mom was always very, cause my mom uh, raised me and my brother is a single parent. She was always very supportive and, and into music and entertainment and stuff like that. I mean, she didn't, she, she always jokes now. She's like, I wish I had a talent cause I have, I have no, um, but she's like, I have no fear. I'd be out there all the time. Um, but so she has always been very supportive and, and, uh, you know, has always enjoyed music and, and stuff like that. And actually she is a, um, an artist, like a visual art painting and stuff like that. So the creativity in, has always been in, in the household, you know, from when I was really young. Yeah.
1: I think that's funny. Your, your mom sounds like my parents, you know, they have a hard time tuning in the radio sometimes.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: so, um, you know, one thing that I actually did want to get into, and you, you brought her up, is uh, your daughter, Miss Vivian.
2: Yes, so, my kiddo. Oh, yes. <laughs> she,
1: she's, she's four, turning five in July. Correct. Um, oh, yes. So I've seen that you've got, um, I, I do, do my research. So I was reading an article that said that, uh, you know, between her dad and your family, you've got a really good support structure for letting you be able to get out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, how do you say, with any situation, kids, it takes, you know, it takes a village. And so I, um, my, my upbringing, I didn't have a lot of, it's a blood family. My mom, um, which is funny because my mom actually was born in Chicago, um, and was there till she was, I don't know, three, three or four. And her, her parents actually had, um, split at a young age and her dad was actually from Norway. So I guess when she was, I think when she was like six, her mom put her on a plane, which is, it, it's crazy to think now, but her mom put her on a plane by herself at like six, seven years old and sent her over to Norway to go, you know, kind of meet her dad um, to, where, you know, she could kind of remember. And so my mom um, was, she was raised half her life in Norway. She'd spent a couple of years out there with her dad, a couple of years back here in Chicagoland and um, went back and forth. So when it came from my mom having kids, uh, me and my brother, her Her dad stayed overseas, um and her mom actually had, had passed away before she'd had me. so our family quote unquote has always been you know the, the family you choose as far as uh, like and friends and stuff like that. so I definitely grew up in the whole uh, you know take takes a village to raise a kid, and yeah. that in my case with my daughter a lot of a lot of unconventionalism um in a lot of ways, but it's very you know it's ironically it's it's conventional to me so. Yeah, I yeah, definitely, it helps that, um, like, me and my mom are very close. Vivian is the only grandchild on my side of the family, so, um, and the only, you know, only grandkid for my mom, so she, you know, they're very close, and then, uh, and then, yeah, her 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 dad and stuff, we, uh, for the most part, co-parent pretty, pretty well, so it, it helps a lot, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's nice to have a strong uh, and respectful relationship with the parent of a child. Um, oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah like i just you know and i i see it and i'm sure you see it so much where it's just you know the the infighting and the you know talking and smack and that doesn't that doesn't help anybody it doesn't help your guys's relationship because you're going to be stuck together for the rest of your lives anyway
2: <laughs> oh exactly yeah i mean and don't and that how to say that can always be it's easier said than done sometimes than not, especially oh, yeah. if uh yeah you know, say, say you and the co-parent really are like oil and water it's it's definitely can, can be difficult but it, it's necessary and I think and I I, I joke I joke and 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 like my close, like my my bandmates um uh Dave Axe and my drummer and Willie Rash, my, my bass player uh you know they I, I we always joke because they they um they've been married for you know decades and have, have kids with their families and stuff like that um and, but even with that being said we always joke because we're like between the three of us we probably we have set, the relationship that we have is very uh very close. So we all know each other's, you know, personal dramas, ups and downs and and things like that. So when, so they, you know, they've been with me and have known just that all the ups and downs when I was, you know, going through having a kid and and being married and not being married and co parenting and and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's not always easy with me and and, and Vivian's dad. However, um, and I I say this even on how to say when it's been maybe not the, most cohesive day is between the two of us I always say regardless you know Vivian's are that's the top priority so mm-hmm. I think I think for for any any couple or parents and things like that when it comes to the kids that has to be the um the, just that always the top priority and if you think of it like that usually it helps everything else fall into place you know at, le- at least the majority of the time you know right so so yeah. what,
1: what would you what would you say is the hardest part of uh, you know being hardworking, gigging musician, you know going out there, tons of nights a week, and having yeah. you know, leave your baby at home.
2: I well j- just that I think it's definitely the hardest part is being being away, um, you know, for sometimes big stretches of time, like I do. Um, so because I how to you say uh, like I think it was last yeah last summer me and the guys we went. We were on the road ironically iowa uh, for a big portion of the week but um i was only gone for like i think four or five days and and it was our last it, we did a sunday show afternoon show in, in davenport at this place called gypsy highway great venue um in in iowa uh, virgil the owner and all of them they're always that work they're always great um when we come out but anywho point being it was our last show of the weekend and i usually more often than not close my show was with um, a medley of a, my song that I wrote called time to shine. And I end up ending it in the, you are my sunshine song. And so I always mm-hmm. joke and say, and I say, you know, this, this is my daughter's song. And, and this and that, So I always have to, I always have to do it when I'm on the road so she knows. And, um, and uh, I, I went into, I went into that and I went to go sing the second, second verse. And I got like, I got choked up and Dave, my my drummer, he could tell. Cause I end up, I ended up, instead of finishing the verse, I turned around and went into like a guitar solo. Cause I got a little, I got a little weepy and we got yeah. done. I was like, we're going to take a break. And It's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, man. Who? I got, I wasn't expected that. Um, You know, cause I obviously it was, it hit, hit my heartstrings a little bit. And I was like, oh, but you know, then I, I was telling myself what's well, great. Cause you know, when I get done, I'm, I'm going home to see my kiddo. So I think definitely the, the time away for chunks of time, um, having kids is 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 difficult I mean the upside is like again if when I'm on the road or if I'm not around my daughter's usually with uh, my mom or she's with her dad so it, how do you say logistically it's a very ideal situation that way or the be- you know the best situation it, it can be but it still is 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 difficult you know being away now on the flip side um you know i when the time does come around I get I can have like up to two, three days off and it's nothing but, you know, me and my kiddo. So that helps as opposed to, you know, the average person that has the conventional nine to five. And I have friends that have that, you know, have kids about the same age and and have the conventional nine to five job. You know, they get up at 730 or 8 and drop the kids off at daycare at school at eight in the morning. They don't come home till five, six, seven, eight o'clock at night. And their kids, you know, their kids awake for, what, an hour or something like that? And they put up to bed and do, it, you know, the same thing for five or six days in a row. Um, and I guess, you know, if you were to tally the hours that way, um, in some ways, I I probably spend a lot more time one-on-one than with, with my kiddos and, the, you know, than the average nine-to-five person does, you know. So in the big picture, and the, I would never change that because in the big picture, I, you know, have the upper hand, but... Um, but, yeah, definitely the, just the time away from, from my kid definitely I think is uh, r- real difficult at times for sure.
1: Now, um, have have you ever had any chance? Because, you know, I know a lot of the places that you play are bars and, and 21 and over clubs and stuff. Have you ever had the chance to take her out on the road with you for, for a week or something?
2: So we haven't had – let's see. I haven't had where it's been probably longer – than like a weekend or stuff like that. But definitely in the summertime, um in the summertime when we do festivals and, and family events and stuff like that. Oh absolutely she co- you know, she comes with me. Um and it, it's funny with with that being said, so I was when I, I had made which I guess in hindsight was a little jump in the gun or could have been. I'm I'm lucky that it wasn't the case. But um I think I was about five or six weeks pregnant with her when I had, you know, made it public, oh you know, I'm gonna have a baby and um, and then I played all through all through my pregnancy with vivian our um our last show was at Navy Pier, and it's so I have to find the the picture it's it's on social media somewhere of me on the stage at Navy Pier, and I had this leopard printed dress that was like, I probably looked like a stuffed sausage because I was ready to pop at like any any day. And um there's a picture of me taking like a, a selfie on the stage and and um, that was our last show that i had with her and then i had her i think about 10 days later i think after about that yeah and then she was let's see she was barely three weeks old if if that and we were out in rockford illinois for the crossroads blues festival and she was she was with me so that was our that was my first um well, I know it wasn't my first show to see. I think that was a Saturday or a Sunday. And that the previous Friday, I had had a festival show, uh, in my hometown of a Waukegan and she was with me. Um, but point thing, she was like barely three weeks old and I took her on the road with me because I, uh, uh, I was, I was breastfeeding at least, I tried to breastfeed at least like at least the first year. So I had her on yeah. the road with me then out of necessity. Um, you know, but it, it was funny because it was especially the crossroads festival. I think um, I think they even might have done an article out there in, in the local local news or papers and stuff like that saying like, oh, well, this was, you know, Crossroads uh, Blues Festival's youngest attendee. And it was a picture of, you know, me, me and my daughter at like barely three weeks old, you know? It's oh, <laughs> so, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and I joke because I'm like people, when they ask, you know, is she into music? I'm like, well, she's had the best seat in the house um, since she was, you know, even in existence, you know? Yeah, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah.
1: great. So mm-hmm. uh, I just w- I just want to say this episode is going to be posting on Sunday, which I'm glad that we just had this section of the conversation because I want to be the first person to say, Ivy, Happy Mother's Day.
2: <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank so, you. No, and it's cool. She, I'm actually doing a Mother's Day show, um, and she will be. I actually I have her, uh, my daughter, and then I'm bringing my mom out, so which will be nice because. Like I said, a lot of times now, my my mom doesn't get to come to my shows too mm-hmm. often because she usually has, you know, we but when I say, Viv- Vivian will be five, but we still call her the baby, you know. Um, oh, so Mother's Mother's Day will be nice because we'll have, you know, the three generations and, and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> thank you.
1: You're welcome. Where are you playing that day?
2: Um, Double Clutch Brewery in Evanston. It is okay. a yeah, it's a it's a new new venue. Um, I don't know exactly when they open, but within it's only been within the year. And um, they actually do. I think Thursdays is when they really cater to just having blues musicians and and blues bands or whatever. So me and my band actually played there. I think it was uh, it was in Mar- late March. We played there for the first time, and um, I think we're going to have a reoccurring, when the time is available, have a recurring show there. Uh, but for Mother's Day, I'm going to be doing a solo set, and then after me, it will be uh, Demetria Taylor, who she comes from a long long line of, uh, of, of blues greats and stuff like that, starting with her dad, you know. Um, and, uh, and she'll be there. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly which band she'll be there with, um, but it'll be, you know, me and her. So that'll be at Like I said, and that's double double clutch brewery in Evanston. Very, very cool place. So yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, um, if anybody is listening to this early in the morning today, Sunday, the 8th of May, the show at double clutch is going from 1 PM to 4 PM. So I don't know if there's going to be any, any space or any tickets left. If by chance it's a bit, you, uh, yeah. It's there,
2: cool, but... the place. Yeah, the place. uh it's neat because the venue itself is is pretty good size. They have, um, if I remember correctly, two good sized bars, and they do food and everything, so you know it's family friendly. And then they also have, and this is kind of where the whole name thing comes from, Double Clutch. They actually have, um, a handful of like vintage muscle cars that you can see from, like, it's all within the same same building so it's it's quite an experience you know um between between the the brewery the the you know the the food and stuff um and then like i said it's almost like a little auto museum in in addition so it's really neat really neat
1: um so let's see where did i want to go from here people if you're new to ivy she is chicago's blues kitten
2: yeah who who put that name on (laughs) you So,
1: so I, I think it, it's it started as Joaquin's well, blue blue kitten, right?
2: Yeah. So you know it's interesting. It's funny because so when I first when I so I didn't pick up electric guitar. I didn't pick up guitar really until I was about 2021. 20, and when I graduated from high school, I had other I had other plans. I wasn't necessarily going to be like advanced and stuff. Performance, yes, but I had other plans. And they kind of went awry. I had um. I, and most people don't know this. I actually I was. Diagnosed with degenerative disc disease in in my spine, which normally happens to really old people, unless the few that are just you're just born with it. So I actually um, was kind of like out of the game for for a year. I'd had back surgery and the whole the whole bit. Um, and so I had met a local band in Waukegan, my hometown, and they needed a background singer and a keyboard player. I say that very loosely because I wasn't I, I didn't I didn't play keys that well, especially not for blues and rock. But um, anyway. Was playing for, with them for about a year, here and I got an electric guitar for my birthday and uh, the harmonica player in the band who is my best friend still to this day uh, he was like why don't you bring out that guitar you got let's go to open jam I'm like I don't know how to play it though and he was like man forget that you'll learn and I was like okay you know so I, I think I learned I learned I like one or two songs maybe on it and it was a St. Patrick's Day gig with that band that I was in and I played one song on guitar and sang. And the lead guitar player slash manager of that band, uh, long story short, sure, he didn't like it, and he he got he had a lot of choice words to tell me. Well, the rest of the bandmates didn't like that, including uh, my bass player today, Willie Roush, and uh, they kicked him out. And they said, well, we're kicking so and so out, but if you want, we'll be your band. And so at that time, it turned into Ivy Ford and the Cadillac, which was kind of like a play on words because. Obviously, Cadillacs is not a Ford product, but you know, I had those <laughs> nice things but. And and I'll I'll give credit to that. Like I said, that was that came up from uh, like I said, the harmonica player who's, like I said, my best friend, um Eric Wilcox, he was the one. He was like, that's the that's the name, that's the name. And I was like, okay, I kind of thought it was stupid, not gonna lie. But it stuck. And I mean, still to this day, people are like, How are you affording the Cadillacs? You know? Um, so that was then. And then when I started going to Chicago at, at 21, 22, um, you know, in, in the blues, in the blues and, and jazz and stuff like that, when we refer to people, we're, we'll say like, oh, yeah, you know, that one guitar player, you know, that cat, that cat, that cat, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, for me, obviously being so young uh, in general, but especially for the, for the blues world, uh, you know, it makes me a kid. It makes me a young whatever. That's the whole kitten thing. And, uh, and it kind of started out as like a joke, like, oh, well, you'd be like a blues kitten. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and people started, it kept kind of coming up and I was like, well, shucks, it's, it sticks. So, and people, that that's what people know me as now, like other people were calling me that I wasn't now I push it because that's what people, you know, people know me for, but it was really, um it just kind of came out of, uh, just kind of caught on type of thing. Uh, so that's, you know, that's that's where it came from. I didn't pick it. I didn't pick that nickname. Um, which well, which is you know, I'm too, sure. it's it's one of the things with um with nicknames or anything. You know, you, you kind of how do you say? It means more if someone else gives it to you. You know, like you can't. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't hold the same weight if you're like yeah, my name's so and so, but I from now on call me you know this. Like it's not. It helps better yeah. if someone else in you know in the industry. It's a term of endearment. and almost like rite of passage when you receive your, I guess, your your moniker or whatever. Yeah, but no, yeah. I,
1: I understand. That's just like me, you know, with my last name. If I went out and I was like, I'm John Schick, but hey, I, call me Razor. Like that, that right. would just be weird. But then you yeah, know, yeah, like,
2: are, oh, real funny, yeah.
1: My buddies are like, oh, he can't c- catch a football. He's Butterfingers. Oh, he's always smiling. We'll call him Smiley. Like, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's something different for everyone. But you know, hey, you. Oh, gotta, yeah. you you got a killer one.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. Well, my mom always jokes. We, she, she, we joke about that because, so, like, my friends, I'm like, yeah, so-and-so, whatever, uh, was at this jam where I saw them, and she always cracks up because she's like, man, you and all your friends, do some of you not even know each other's real names? I'm like, well, I know, yeah, I said, I know a few of my buddies that I would known them for four or five, six years, and I didn't realize their real name until, you know, till later, you know, so but yeah, it, it's cool it's yeah it's kind of like you know, a, little, a little social club type of thing I guess you could say
1: <laughs> so that uh that first guitar that you got and went out and played one song on and then split the band uh did that happen to be that buddy guy Strat you
2: play no no so actually my first guitar was uh, my mom got it for me and she didn't really know what she was looking for but um I still have it it was it's a um honer Solid body, which is funny because people know Hohner for their harmonicas, um, mm-hmm. not not guitars. But uh, I forget what the Woods made up and stuff. But it kind of it kind of is across now now when I think about it, the body and the look of it is kind of a cross between uh, kind of like an SG kind of look and maybe some some types of like uh, PRS guitars, Paul Reed Smith guitars. Um, but yeah. it's, it's solid body and it actually has a floating bridge on it, which is a little a little different too. Um, and it's also funny because when I got it, I, again, I I wasn't really savvy with guitars at all. So much to the point that I thought, you know, when you get guitar strings, well, the bigger the gauge, the better it is. Not realizing that the bigger the gauge means the thicker the string is. So i was here, I was learning and playing. On, I used to put 12 and 13 gauge strings on that thing. You know, I mean, it had to stay in for days, but I didn't realize that, you know, here I'm tearing my hands up. But in hindsight, it was good because, you know, now I, I primarily play on 10s and 11s, and, you know, it's effort, effortless. It's effortless, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's comical because I tell my guitar player friends now, I'm like, yeah, when I was first playing, I put 13s on my guitar. And like, what were you crazy? I said, no, I was just dumb. I didn't know any better. <laughs> but uh, but yeah.
1: <laughs> it's amazing because I mean, well, for one, going back to the Honer thing, when I think about Honer guitars, I think of Princess Mad Cat.
2: Oh, uh, that, okay.
1: That Telecaster copy that he had. Uh, right. That when I think of Honer and guitar, yeah, that's what comes to my mind. But then, sure. uh, You know, if you think about guitar strings and tone uh-huh. and things like that look at you know you got steve ray Vaughan who was playing 12s and 13s but then you got billy gibbons out there who's playing sevens and eights and it's like
2: right yeah yeah i know what you
1: have, mean both of them have great tone so right i guess you know that's that's one thing i found because i worked at a guitar shop for eight years oh so, no kidding uh, yeah and uh what's it called i uh you know, tested out all kinds of strings on my guitars. You know, I went from, uh, Ernie ball to the blue steels, to the GHS. I ended up landing on, uh, on Deodarios for a while. I've been using tens on everything except for my telecaster. I use nines. Um, right? but I, re- I recently switched over to string joy strings out of Nashville. Um, yeah, yeah. Sm- smaller company. Actually, I had, uh, one of my friends on a few episodes ago from another podcast and, uh, He's one of the uh, part owners of that company, so that's that's also one of my things. It's like if you know if my friend's doing something, I'm going to try and support them. But oh yeah, for sure, it's a good product. Yeah, yeah, Um, no. This podcast is not sponsored by Stringjoy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right, full disclosure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's and I'm trying to think. I think I've used. I'm trying to think. GHS strings. I think because they make bass strings too, don't they? Maybe they do. I think I've mm-hmm. used, that's the only time I've used them was on bass guitar. And then as most people see and like yourself, I usually stick with the uh Ernie Ball uh slinkies when it comes to my uh, electric guitar. Not not I and people are like, Well, why do you do that? I'm like, Well, it just kinda I just say like I don't know, I used them once and it worked and it's like one of those if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Um Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's and nice I use like I said, I usually do eleven elevens or tens too. So um the
1: nice thing is about you know getting yourself used to playing that too is if if you've got you know a gig bag with all your uh, all your repair stuff in it you know change your strings and stuff and for some reason you forget that somewhere you can walk into almost any pawn shop and definitely any guitar shop and find ernie ball
2: strings right oh yeah yeah for sure absolutely I mean, don't get me wrong, I've used some other. I'm like, this is all you got, okay, well, shoot, I guess it is what it is and and you make it work, which is also good because it's like you know it makes you uh adaptable to to things but but yeah, that's cool i got if you if you hear a little voice in the background that's that's my daughter playing uh with with Legos thinking it's funny because she's having a having a gay old time right now, but just so you know she, everything's okay, oh, if cool. she's screaming everything's cool it's just she's uh you know. Is, is yeah, cracking joke. Yeah, yeah. Wait, it's dope. Well then Viv, you tell me am she's telling me how to build her, her Lego uh castle. And apparently I'm not okay. I'm not doing it correctly. Uh but yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh multitasker over here.
2: Always. Always. That's like when people uh they'll ask me, uh actually just recently I had some musician friends come out to one of my shows and like you're just on the move. I said, Yeah, they said, Well, how do you how do you do everything? Because I just saw you, you know, on on Instagram, you were out, you know, roller skating or out taking the dog for a walk or this and that. But then, like, an hour later, I saw that you posted you're going to be playing here. And what, how, how do you sleep? And I'm like, what, sleep? When, what is that? What are you talking about, sleep? <laughs> but you yeah. Give,
1: give me caffeine and I'll sleep when I'm dead.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 it's funny. I follow a page. Okay, Viv. I follow a page. Um, on uh, I think Instagram or something like that. And it, it's all devoted to like funny coffee quotes and stuff like that, which ninety percent of them I wholeheartedly um relate to. So yeah. Caffeine okay. <laughs> yeah, and coffee are my friends for yeah, sure. See I've
0: never got I've never got into the coffee. I'm a monster person.
2: Oh and... gosh. Oh my god. See I'm not, i have not yeah uh, the energy drinks not, not for me but uh but I mean that's okay. Whatever whatever floats your boat gets you going, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I started doing them because uh I was, I was working a job. I, uh, I'm a paramedic now. I was an EMT then, and my shift started at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, so, gosh, yeah. So, we, yeah, we'd check out the rig, and then we'd go hit the gas station. I'd grab a couple monsters and, uh, wow. you know, roller-grill hot dog, and that's how I started out my mm-hmm. day. It's like, okay, here's breakfast, you know, breakfast of champions.
2: That sounds kind of like – yeah, that sounds about the same, like a musician. Breakfast. The only thing you might uh, you know be missing is like a, a bag of chips and like a pack of cigarettes, but yeah, it's close. You know, it's, it's relative. <laughs>
1: right. So um, let's see here. What how many how many full length albums do you got out now? Because you've got the two Christmas EPs, right?
2: Yeah. Um, so I have I have three full length all original albums. Um, my first album was Time to Shine, and then my album after that. It's called Harvesting My Roots, and then I released um, I released it I released my third album Club Twenty Seven. Um, when was it? And I only know this because it's my 27th birthday, uh, which was intentional, on uh, February 26th of 2020. So okay. those are my three, yeah, those are my three all original full albums, and then like you said, I do have a couple. Um, holiday EPs and then I do have um, they're downloadable I have a couple I think I have two I have two original singles one's called Let It Rain and another one is called Hypocrisy and and there's also a a New Year's Eve live album from Mickey Finn's Brewery uh, in Libertyville Illinois that I'm trying to think I think it was the first or second year that we played the New Year's Eve show there and that would have been let's see, seven, about it's seven a, years ago? It's 2018. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay.
1: Eight, okay, yeah. 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 Um, so, I have a close connection myself with the 27 Club. Oh, really? Um, yeah, see, now I growing up, like, I grew up on the south side of Chicago in uh, back of the yards. Okay, and, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, you know, with the amount of gangs that we had in, in the area and the stupid shit that I was doing when I was a kid and right. <laughs> also being, being a rock and roller, I was like, you know, I'm going to be like Kurt Cobain and Robert Johnson and, you know, yeah. all these others at the time. And like, I'm never going to make it to 27. So then sure. uh, I, I told myself there's a punk band from the Chicago area. They're uh, called the Riverdales. They're related to uh, screeching weasel. But oh, wow, they've okay. a, yeah, they've got a 27 logo, which you might've seen on my arm. When, when we met that one time, it's just a 27 yeah. in, a, in a circle. Yeah, so yeah. yeah I told myself for years, I said, okay, if I hit 28, I'm getting that 27 logo. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I ended up oh, getting yeah. that, but I love the cover of that, how you uh, recreated that classic Robert Johnson picture.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was, you know, it was interesting because there's a track on club 27 that's, um, it's called "Love in This World," and it and I bring it up just because I wrote that song before. I actually was thinking of writing and releasing that song just just as a single. I had no I had no intentions. I had no intentions of um, creating another album and you know anytime soon. And um, and so I'm trying to think of when it switched. Like what? What was it that it, like things just kept going on? And I was like, okay, uh, this. I think I got something here. Let's you know run with it. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah. So you know, in, in hindsight, I tell people I'm like actually, I said love in this world, which I think is like track number six, or it's you know it's later in the album. I said that was the first song that was written for that album. I said and then the album came later, and then I think I um I think the next song I wrote was um. Oh shoot! Let me think of what was it? What what's it called? I only wrote the damn thing and I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's how called? it goes. I know. I'm trying to. Oh, I'm trying to think what what's it called? Um. Oh, it's called When I Met You, and it's similar to Amy Winehouse's cover of the song uh, Valerie, which is kind of like a, a a ballad, so to speak. And mm-hmm. when and when I uh, wrote that and inspiration to, you know, just stylistically and stuff was David Winehouse. That's when things kind of started to click. And I was like, huh, okay, well, let's let's kind of run with this. And then shortly after that, um, I kind of, I think I was just kind of taken right, right in the, the liberties of kind of just writing music that I kind of liked and it didn't have to be necessarily blues per se and um and, and you know and then me and me and my bandmates we were in, in the rehearsal studio and and kind of just doing it and then the whole concept of Bill 27 thing uh kind of came to fruition and then you know I got the Hendrix inspired stuff and then we had been in the process of recording the album and I think we had a couple weeks left until I was gonna like wrap it up and and whatnot and do like the final edits and and that's when that documentary on Netflix of Robert mm-hmm. Johnson came out. And uh, and naturally, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to see it, you know, I got to watch it because there's not much, there's not much on, on Robert Johnson anyway. And, no. and it was wild because one of the segments mm-hmm. was saying, you know, through a lot of digging, some people did find you know, a birth certificate and technically a death certificate and when they did the math, they realized like, well, he probably was that would put him at 27. And it was, I'm on the couch watching this and like my, my mind was blown, you know? I was like, oh my God, that's it, okay. And then that's when I wrote the, um, the opening track to Club 27, which is called Keep On Blues, which anyone that has heard it, it opens up with the uh, intro sample of Robert Johnson's Crossroads. And then I was able to uh, kind of impose my own playing and slide playing through the rest of the song. And the engineer, uh, his name is Jerry Baldy. He's out of Wisconsin. Um, he did a really, really great work on, on kind of uh, putting that concept to, to life. And actually, how we recorded, recorded that track, which the and Joe and pop. Oh,
1: wait, hold on. You just, you
2: just broke up. You uh, can you go back to Jerry? Oh Baldi? yeah. So the engineer, Jerry Baldy, who recorded, um, recorded that album. He actually recorded. Um, Time to Shine and and Harvesting My Roots as well, it's neat because for people that are kind of gearheads or or studio heads and things like that that really dig it, we actually recorded that song uh, kind of traditionally in a mono track, and we recorded me singing and playing the guitar at once on one microphone, just how they would have done it, you know, back in the days of of, of recording Robert Johnson and, and then some. So it's kind of neat because there's a lot of in that in that respect there's a lot of uh, tradition you know traditionalism or whatever in in the subject matter of the song where it comes from and then the technique that we use to record it. All
0: right, everybody, that due to a technical difficulty is all of the conversation that I have to share with Ivy Ford, but I do want to share some other stuff that we talked with that ended up. Just out there in the universe. One thing I mentioned to her is that uh, I put her writing and performance along with contemporaries of hers like Kingfish Ingram, Samantha Fish, Shamika Copeland and Marcus King. And she was very appreciative of that. But then I asked her who's an artist or group that she'd like to collaborate with. Now she said that she hasn't really put much thought into that because it's just not something so far that has been on her radar as for a recording situation. She did mention the great Johnny Lang, and I think that would be amazing to hear what the two of them could do together. It would be so sultry and sexy, especially with both of their voices. Ooh, that's a hot hit. Another thing that I talked with her about because that was pretty much the end of the conversation was you know to give a shout out to everybody that she wanted to or uh you know plug what she's got going on so first of all ivy said happy mother's day out there to all you mothers and then she also mentioned that you can find all of her upcoming shows along with links to buy her music, links to buy her merch, um, all that you can find at ivyfordmusic.com. She also made mention that she is the, uh, the sole runner of her website. She is completely in control of her career. All of the uh, items that you would purchase from there are sent directly by her if you message the website looking to book ivy ford and her band you are contacting ivy straight away she's the one getting back to you and saying hey i've got that day open i don't have that day open um she also has a full list of shows on her website and she updates it immediately when she gets stuff newly booked so that way all of her fans can uh, keep up with what's going on. Now, if you go to Facebook, you can just type Ivy Ford in the message bar or in the search bar. She's the first person that'll come up. Um, And then she does post a lot on Instagram, you know, and it, it's wonderful for anybody who uh, wants to go check it out because, sure, she posts the pictures of her on stage or her, you know, working this way, working that way. But she also posts a lot of things like, you know, real life. She's there playing, riding bikes with the with her daughter, walking the dog, uh, having her morning coffee. You know, it's great. So, yeah, make sure to check out Miss, M-I-S-S. Ivy Ford on Instagram, Ivy Ford on Facebook, and Ivyfordmusic.com to find out more information about Miss Ivy and to purchase her music, maybe see some see some press on her, watch some videos. It's an amazing time, and I know you will not be disappointed. Once again, thanks for listening to staging a podcast. This is John. Don't forget to go check out our Instagram and our Facebook page. Or you can email me at stagingapodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Happy Mother's Day.